Welcome to Hawkeye Hello here on 1700 KBGG, the big talker, Brett Ridge, and an empty chair next to me here today. Dave Creighton Jr. on uh, hiatus, vacation down in Mexico, enjoying himself down there in Cancun. Trent Condon back in the studio will chat with me for the majority of today. And we'll, of course, check in with Tom Cakert from HawkeyeReport.com a little bit later on, maybe extend him a little bit further if he's got time to talk uh, I don't believe there's a whole lot going on tonight. You may want to catch the Iowa women on Big Ten Network at 6 o'clock, but uh, I think he can spend a little more time with us, uh, assuming he's not in the air. So uh, we haven't heard from him necessarily, but I think uh, we should be good there towards the bottom of the hour. Well, the Iowa Hawkeyes uh, in the Outback Bowl yesterday, and, uh, well, as we all know, 30-3 to Florida with the uh, with what looks like a fairly solid beatdown of the Iowa football team, and I guess uh, when you when you break it all down, that's where it, where you got to go with it. For a while there, that was a pretty good football game, and I think that might be what it is that has uh, rankled the ire of Hawkeye fans the most about this particular game. Maybe it's that they've had five stinkers in a row in in bowl games, and that certainly is important. But I think one of the things that was tough here was that Iowa did not appear to me, and I don't think to a lot of Iowa fans, I don't think Iowa was completely outclassed yesterday like they were against Stanford last year, or they weren't shot down immediately like they were against Tennessee two years ago. This was a 3-3 three to three ball game with a minute and a half, two minutes to go in the, uh, in, in the first half. Iowa had actually gotten closer to scoring a touchdown than Florida had uh, and had a good chance to go up 10-3. to At that point in time, it felt like Iowa's defense was playing the way that it needed to play. The offense was getting a little bit done, nothing great, but something had happened, at least to lead you to believe that something was going to, uh, that it was going to be a good game. And then, of course, everything fell apart there in the last couple of minutes of the first half and into the second half, and, and, and it ends up 30-3, to which feels worse and I will also add that I think adding to the the uh, the rancor around this is not just the fact that Kirk Ferentz left C.J. Beathard in the ball game when he was clearly injured, but the fact that those of us watching on TV had to put up with Ed Cunningham talking about it on every play. I'm not even just talking about every play that when Iowa had the football on offense, he would, would not let it go beyond. The time Florida had the ball, every single doggone frickin' play of the second half, Ed Cunningham was talking about how C.J. Beathard was injured. And the more he talked about it, the matter it made everybody watching on TV. I'm watching Kirk Ferentz, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't think Kirk knows that this kind of vitriol is happening on the airwaves. Granted, he'd made a decision that most of us, disagree with i know uh dave creighton uh, from mexico tweeted a little bit ago hey just so everybody knows i don't agree with this decision to, to leave cj in the game i didn't either of course i you know i'm thinking after i see particularly when you see him try and run down that on that pick six trying to run down that d back how badly hurt he is he needed to come out of the football game but kirk had made a decision to go with his senior who legitimately may never play another snap of football again he may play, uh, take some snaps in a preseason game in the NFL, but he may never start a game or take a meaningful snap again in his life. And when you're that far behind and things aren't working, you're going to go with an 18-year-old kid or your tried-and-true ki- uh, kid who has a chance to play in the NFL. That's what he's thinking. So Kirk's standing on the sideline, chewing his gum, writing little things down on his note card, and he's disappointed, and he's thinking, well, I'm going to have to answer some questions about this. I don't think he had any idea that Ed Cunningham would not let it go. And so after the game, on every call-in show I listened to, this is what everybody wanted to talk about. And I get it. I, it, was a, it was a bad decision, and we're going to talk more about it. But I really believe if Ed would have just shut up and talked about the game and what was happening in the game, a little bit more, things wouldn't have gotten so out of control as far as what was going on with that. So uh, I'm going to ask Trent to weigh in on that in just a little bit, but that's, it, just, it just kept going and going. Now, the worst part about that, of course, is that Iowa has recruits all over the country that are watching this football game. And as it got out of hand, the more it sounded more and more like Kirk was being irresponsible and stubborn and stupid. And in reality, what he was doing was sticking by his senior quarterback, 
he thought could play and probably had a better chance to allow Iowa to at least score than his true freshman 18-year-old backup quarterback. I know that's what he was thinking. We all know that's what he was thinking because there's no other answer to the question. He certainly wasn't doing it to be stubborn like I believe he was when he left James Vandenberg in for every snap of the 2014-13 season. When he wouldn't let Jake Rudock come in and play. 2012, sorry. When Iowa went 4-8 and and Vandenberg was terrible trying to pick up what some little semblance of offensive strategy there is out of Greg Davis and Vandenberg was struggling, Kirk left him in for every snap. And I believe that Kirk did that out of spite, out of stubbornness to show everybody he was the coach. Because there was no reason when you're down 35 to nothing at home to Penn State in the second quarter that you don't let Jake, Jake Rudock go in and take a shot at replacing James Vandenberg to get him some snaps. That's not what was going on here. Kirk had no idea that Iowa fans were passionately rooting for Nathan Stanley to come in. At least I can't imagine he would think that there was this much passion behind it. Kirk was sticking by his senior quarterback. You can disagree with that. I disagree with that. It's not what I would have done. But I'm going to tell you right now, this was not about Kirk Ferentz being as stubborn as everybody seems to think it was. And it was not about him being irresponsible. It looked that way because Ed Cunningham wouldn't shut up. And it just kept going. And I'm telling you right now, that may end up being the broadcasters on this on this broadcast from ESPN may end up hurting Iowa recruiting as much as anything that they did in that football game because those guys would not let it go. A couple of other points. Akron Wadley, obviously a, a great football game for Iowa, 115 yards and 20 carries, probably uh, based on the way he answered questions after the game. Maybe his last football game in an Iowa uniform. Should it be? Shouldn't it be? In my opinion, he's got a ways to go still. I know Mel Kuyper Jr., who gets uh, – it, it's been it's been well documented that the guy really doesn't get very much right. He, he ranks things, and then he, it, he does his homework, but he doesn't know what people are thinking. He has had him as the number five running back in the draft. Uh, by the way, that would put him somewhere in the third, late third, early fourth, maybe fifth round. Uh, it's not the guaranteed money position you want to be in. Well, I think because you got to go day one or day two. And I, I think there's a bigger paycheck for Akron Wadley out there. On the other hand, in talking to people last year about Akron Wadley when he wasn't getting as many carries as he was this year and the kind of animosity and attitude he had about that and how he was disappointed and, and, and had some, some serious doubts about the Iowa coaching staff because they weren't giving him the rock, even though he fumbled it like every time he touched it when he was a freshman. Uh, I think he's the type of kid that might leave early. Now, I know that there's a good family surrounding him. Our, our friend uh, George, uh, King George, who uh, tweets at us all the time and uh, is good friends with Creighton. And uh, George actually went to a ball game with me this year. Uh, he knows the family and, and thinks they're solid. And so maybe they'll surround him and say, you know, you need to stay in school. Maybe, it's, uh, maybe that's not the way it is. But I do know he was frustrated last year when he probably needed to get some more experience and, and show what he has shown this year. So I don't know whether he's going to be back or not. Nobody does, but it sure sounded like he had one foot out the door, one-word answers to the questions, except for the only question that mattered, which was, are you going to be back next year, which was like a three-word answer. Uh, we'll see. So we'll see what happens there. If it is the last game for him, he becomes the, the part of the only duo in Iowa Hawkeye football history to run for a thousand yards in the same season, him and uh, he and Lashawn Daniels Wadley ends up, I believe, as the rushing leader on the year, but the only duo to go over two thousand yards, and that's on a team that finished one hundred and eighteenth in total offense on the year. Fifty-five yards passing for C.J. Beathard yesterday. Obviously injured, but uh, when you when you basically diagram plays that only have wide receivers running to the sidelines, which, by the way, creates an extra defender for the defense, and then tight ends going down the middle of the field, and you only target wide receivers four times on the day. Four. When you only throw it in their direction four times on the day, you're not going to get very many passing yards. And I believe the stat is that he only targeted wide receivers seven times in the last three games of the year. This one, Nebraska, and, of course, uh, and of course Illinois. If all you have is a dump-off pass to Akram Wadley and your tight ends, uh, 
Florida had two guys sitting on the tight end every time the tight end went out. Two guys. Notice, the couple times when Iowa, the, the, the pick six, ball went right through Picar's hands because he was getting leveled from, a, from above and below. And of course, Kittle, the one that he ha- had near, uh, down in the 10-yard ten, ten line in the first quarter, that turned out to be a drop, I guess, because the officials got together and decided it was a drop. I don't know how you do that because you've got to blow the whistle one way or the other, but they didn't. Uh, again, two guys on him, popping him, right? If that's all you got, it's no wonder that a hobbled C.J. Beathard could not complete more passes. So in my opinion there, that's partially on C.J. It's partially on the fact that your wide receiving core is a problem, but it's mostly on the fact that Iowa's passing game is about the dumbest uh, display of, of flag football I've ever seen. It, there is nothing there that creates any kind of confusion on the part of a defense that has to guard it. And when you give somebody three weeks, maybe four, to figure out how to defense that, it's pretty simple. You can play one-on-one coverage. They're not sending anybody deep. And if they do, it's only a, it's only a fly pattern. That's it. You don't even have to turn to the inside. You're not going to lose anybody. It's not a big deal, right? You can cover them, and then you can send the house. And as Florida figured out that Iowa had nothing new in store for them, you saw the protection break down more and more. Why? They were sending more and more guys from more and more spots because they realized Iowa's doing nothing different. They're, they're sending their tight ends out, hoping their tight ends can get away from the two or three guys that are guarding them, and they're sending guys on short down-and-out passes Maybe, maybe just short of the sticks, and that's what they're doing. You're not going to get anybody open, and your quarterback is going to get beaten to death. Until that changes, folks, I would expect Iowa to win seven or eight games every year with the anomaly where they have a bad schedule, or a good schedule, however you want to term it, and they can get it done. With that anomaly, like last year when they went 12-0, they had to play two or three good teams, but not very many. You can get that to work. Fine, but when they go to the elite games, the Big Ten Championship last year, the Rose Bowl, any of these bowl games, and teams have time to study for them or have more talent, they're just simply not going to win. They got it done against Michigan this year through a great defensive effort, a great defensive effort. It was still terrible passing, but they picked the ball up in the right spot a couple of times. You had short fields to work with that they scored with because of Desmond King and Ron Caluzzi, and... Iowa won that football game. Other than that, they're not going to win a lot of games against elite competition because they simply can't get it done trying to only run the football and then throw five-yard passes. I think it was something like the total for the year. And, Trent, I'll bring you in right now, right before we get to the break here. Yes, sir. This is the 15th. Did he only throw the ball downfield? Throw it. Actually pitch it downfield. Mm Mm-hmm. 15 times the entire year? Uh, more than 30 yards down the field. We're not talking 50-yard okay. bombs here. More than 30 yards down the field. Happened a grand total of 11 times. In 13 11 games. Times. 11 times. 11. So, I mean... Not uh, even one a game. And again, this they never threw it more than 40 yards down the field. Not once. No. Not one time. Not, not one time time i mean it's 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 not a matter of don't don't give me the separation thing it's a matter of the fact that the other team doesn't have to guard you they don't have to play they don't have to even the safeties can walk straight up in between the linebackers trent how come everybody anybody in college football can find receivers and iowa can't and a kid from south dakota debilitates your offense so much when he goes down that you can't throw the football anymore this is a schematic problem. This is not blame the wide receivers. Are they good? No, they're not. They're not the no. most talented group, but come on. To put it all on the group of wide receivers and the tight end injuries this year and say that's the problem, it's not. It's the scheme. It's the scheme. Greg Davis's scheme does not work with what Iowa wants to do. Well, what Kirk Ferentz wants to do, it doesn't work. It's a marriage that has been a disaster. No more uh, going to, you know, meet with a psychiatrist and try to talk this thing out. Pull the Band-Aid <laughs> off. A divorce it, needs to happen. It, it, it uh, Well, you know, and here's the thing. So I realize the score ended up 30-3. to three, But what we're talking about here is a point in time where anybody 
might have thought that if, if Florida had to think that Iowa might have something in their bag of tricks, that fourth and goal might not have been so easy to defend. Yes, all right? right. And third and four in the, to open the second half. Let's say they don't even score, but they do score on the opening drive of the second half because they've got more in their bag of tricks than pulling things in tight. When then you can pull, I mean, Florida got to pull the, all their linebackers in on that third and four. Right, and and if there's anything more, this is a ten to ten ball game, and at that point in time, it's still anybody's game. You know, it, it's not like this was a blowout at that point in time. And I'll go back, and it, before we go to the break, I'll go back the other game that I felt this way, that I I tweeted it in the first series, and I started getting sour, and people around me were getting angry because we all know how I can chirp and be yeah, little negative. negative. We we have that right? in common, yeah. Right. It's Wisconsin. Because mm-hmm. on this first series of plays, we ran on third and nine. Uh, we ran three guys out. Wadley out of the backfield, two yards. And I don't even remember who it was. Two wide receivers short of the sticks and the tight end. So four guy and the tight end turned around. All of them short of the sticks. And I said at the time, I turned to Andrew and I said, son, we're not scoring a touchdown today. And he said, oh, you know, shut up. That's right, right? Because as a teenage what, son would normally say to their dad, right, right. It's exactly shut up, shut up, dad. But, but that it, and that's how I felt the entire game against Wisconsin was that they they were they were limiting themselves so much because they were so <clears throat> watch the bleep button here, mm-hmm. so afraid, so afraid to play football that they couldn't get past it and try to win by throwing the ball somewhere other than two yards beyond the line of scrimmage. And I thought the same thing yesterday. He's looking downfield and on TV, Trent, I know we can't see it, but I've sat in the stadium enough to know that there's nobody open because nobody's running any kind of route anywhere past or away from defenders. They're running right into defenders and then turning around and waving their hands. And that's what they're doing. That and is it, 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 scheme. It is that's scheme. the scheme. So, All right, much 12, more to get to. Go ahead. Yes, sir. Uh, well, I, I, got, I got a little something, to... another number for you coming up on okay. the other side. Okay. <laughs> that, that, I'd be in, I'm always interested in numbers, particularly from the de- de- uh, Degenerate podcast. That's uh, right. By the way, so yeah. So uh, anyway, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. Brett Ridge, Trent Cunning. It's the Hawkeye Huddle here on 1700 and Mediacom. Afternoons, we talk sports on 1700 with Jimmy B and TC, noon to 3, and Des Moines' biggest local sports show, Marty and Miller, from 3 to 6 on 1700. 1700 KBGG, traffic update. Taking another quick look at the roadways, watch out for a brand new accident on the south side of town at Army Post Road near Highway 28. Other than that, the rest of the metro in great shape out there. Have a safe ride home. That's a look at traffic. 1700 KBGG with Central Iowa's most accurate forecast from Local 5. It's going to be cold and breezy tonight with just a few clouds. Wind chill values down below zero, a low near six. Then mostly sunny, cold and breezy on Wednesday with a high near 19. I'm Local 5 Chief Meteorologist Brad Edwards. Brought to you by Hum by Verizon. Hum by Verizon is the smart technology you need to upgrade to a safer, more connected car. Plug it in for amazing features like emergency assistance, vehicle diagnostics, vehicle location, and more. Upgrade your car with Hum today at Hum.com. Hum, put some smarts in your car. I'm Tony with Martinson's Used Cars in Altoona. Purchasing a used car can be a little unnerving. At Martinson's Used Cars, we get cars in, inspect them, and recondition them. Make sure they're safe, and then sell them. We don't spend hours driving them like you will. That's why we offer a 30-day powertrain warranty on all our vehicles. You get a fair price for the vehicle you need and a peace of mind? Well, that's on us. Come see me or Randy at Martinson's Used Cars a mile east of Prairie Meadows on 8th Street in Altoona. Providing those peace of mind experiences for 30 years. We are Martinson's Used Cars. Well, they say a smile's worth a thousand words. Dr. Stephen Fuller, fullerdental.net. If you're looking for a new dentist, go with the pro. Dr. Stephen Fuller with two locations, east side of Des Moines and also in Altoona. Dr. Stephen Fuller is now open to take on some new patients in early 2017. Get a hold of Dr. Stephen Fuller, fullerdental.net. Check him out on the web. Again, that great smile. Bring in the new year in 2017. Dr. Stephen Fuller, Fuller Family Dental. FullerDental.net. Centurion Stone of Iowa is proud to be the leading provider of stone veneer in Iowa. 
Centurion Stone has the look and feel of natural stone with the ability to create over 200 color and patterns. If you're looking to enhance your home's interior, Centurion Stone can update your existing fireplace with a stone finish. And Centurion Stone of Iowa does business all over the state, from Dubuque to Denison, from Davenport to Des Moines. Happy New Year from Justin Luch and Joe Farron, as well as the entire staff at Centurion Stone of Iowa. And remember, it's Centurion Stone of Iowa, helping homeowners and businesses throughout the entire state. CenturionStoneofIowa.com Here's what you can expect from Schottenkirk Chevrolet in Joaquin. You can expect to save money. You can expect to get more for your trade. With eight Schottenkirk dealerships in three states competing for your trade, we're in a position to give you more. You can expect to actually enjoy the buying experience because you're going to save money, get more for your trade, enjoy the experience. Schottenkirk Chevrolet on the west end of Hickman, Waukee. Dr. William Jacobson, Capital Orthopedic and Sports Medicine. His entire family wishes everyone a festive, happy holiday season and also a great new year. Dr. William Jacobson, you know, when you're injured athletes, Dr. Jake works his hardest to get you back into the game. That's the first thing an athlete wants when you're down injured is to get back into the game. See their ad, Capital Orthopedic and Sports Medicine at SportsSpotlight.com and MartyandMiller.com. Dr. William Jacobson, part of Capital Orthopedic and and sports medicine. Dr. Jake, when you're injured, he'll get you back into the game. Have you suffered a personal injury or been impaired by an auto accident? Are you unsure if you're entitled to workers' compensation? Hamilton Law Firm is one of the oldest family-owned law firms in Iowa, helping individuals and families across the state for 130 years. They may be able to help you. If you are too injured to meet with them, they can fly anywhere in Iowa to meet with you. Hamilton Law Firm in Clive, Storm Lake, and Sioux City. Contact Hamilton Law at 309-3536 or online at hamiltonlawfirmpc.com. Asset Protection Agency and the Brighton Companies have now merged into one firm now known as Asset Pros. Whether it's auto, home, life, commercial insurance, and employee benefits, we have experts in every area to service your insurance needs. We see this as an enhancement for our customers. We still have the same West Des Moines location, same phone number, 515-223-1600, and the same great people working together to serve your financial and insurance needs. Asset Pros has evolved into one of the premier financial and business resource consulting firms in Iowa. We view our work with you as a partnership in helping you in your insurance buying needs. Asset Pros, making sense of today's financial and insurance choices. 515-223-1600. And we're back here in the Hawkeye Huddle. Red Ridge, Trent Condon with you today. Dave Crane Jr. down in Mexico. The Moon Palace in Cancun. Spent a week with him down there a couple of years ago. That's where we got married. Appreciated uh, their hospitality when we were down there. Had a good time with them. They enjoyed themselves uh, in Cancun and, and what's not to love, uh, particularly when it's 20 degrees here in the uh, great state of Iowa. Trent, what you were about to share a number with me yes. on Iowa football. What's that? Well, it basically just kind of goes down to the schematic issues facing this program going forward. So over the last two years, Brett, what would say what would you say are the four biggest wins that they had? 2015, 2016, the the biggest victories for the Iowa program. At Wisconsin last year. Yep. Um you'd probably have to go at Nebraska. Correct. Um uh, and then Michigan and Nebraska this year. You would be correct. What do all those have in common? Uh, what do they have in common? Um, let's see. Uh, low scoring? Low scoring. Um, defensive, defensive prowess for Mm -hmm. the most part. Yep, yep. Um, whack jobs coaching on the other side of the field. (laughs) I I know. That helps, that helps, that helps. What what, what, um, what else you got? Well, in three of the four, C.J. Beathard, didn't even complete 100 yards passing. Wow. He did against Nebraska in the final game of the regular season. Of course, that was aided by a 77-yard touchdown from Riley McCarron, where he caught it after about 10 yards and then outraced the defense. Right. Three of those games, the first three, though, of them, 
C.J. Beathard. Starting last year at Wisconsin, he was 9 of 21, 77 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Then uh, the game last year at Nebraska, 9 of 16, 97 yards, one touchdown. And this year against Michigan, 8 of 19, 66 yards, a touchdown and a pick. So Kirk would tell you it works, Trent. Uh, it, it See, does. it works. We beat the best team. That's We got to eight wins. He got his bonus for the year. And uh, and it works. They beat a couple of good teams, and they won their trophy games, and it works. And Gary Barta would say, Gary Barta would tell you the same thing. Now, I, obviously, behind closed doors, I, I think God, Kirk is Kirk's smarter than this, right? He's got to know, and I think he's been waiting for for Greg to say it's time to hang it up. It's time I to mean, hang it up. I, I'll tell yeah, him, and Greg, I, right. hang it well, up. I, I, yeah, I think, and. I had this discussion with a couple of people, uh, other media members who were, you know, or got the feeling that maybe Greg would retire in the middle of the year. This definitely has to do it. The other thing, you know, I, I don't be surprised. And I, before this game, I would have said this too. And, and there's a couple of other reasons, not just poor play on the field, but a couple of other reasons that I would believe that Bobby Kennedy won't be back as your as your receivers coach. Um, there's some other scuttlebutt about uh, things that have happened with him that might be a problem. And uh, you might even see Chris White out of there as well. So you might see some new assistant coaches on the offensive side of the ball, uh, and I think everybody would be happy with that. I think Brian Ferentz moves up, obviously, as the heir apparent to the offensive coordinators. But now mm. give me give me your thought on this, because Trent, here's the only, the only saving grace to that is that he might be the one guy that could look at his dad and say, we've got to do something different and, and tell him, hey, let's, let's at least get back to what we did under Ken O'Keefe where we had a little bit more going on in terms of trying to spread things out. That's a problem. It's a huge problem if the only guy that can get Kirk Ferentz's ear and get him to adapt. Nobody is asking for whole sales changes we understand Kirk's offensive philosophy. It is ground and pound, run first. You're going to have the zone blocking scheme. We get all that. But if yep. there is only one guy and it's his son that can get his ear, then Iowa football is in a lot bigger trouble than I think and most everybody thinks. That's a scary proposition. Everybody, as they get older, you get a little more sinking in. You, you yep. dig your heels in with your philosophies. I understand that. But if he's the only guy that can get his ear and say, we need to change, we need to adapt, Iowa football is in big trouble. Well, I would say this: uh, if nothing else, they've got it. They've got to adapt. What they've got to get somebody in who can adapt the the ground and pound, the the the, the ball control game. I get it. That's the type of athlete you can get. But you got to do something else with the way that you're running the schemes in the passing game. Let's not forget about basketball here. I, I, I'm, we're going to get Tom Cakert on here, and I imagine we'll end up a lot doing a lot more football. But uh, hey, I went to the Iowa Michigan basketball game the other day. That was a lot of fun. Of course, uh, the Hawks lost to Purdue the other night. Um, never in that game on the road at Mac Arena, 89 to 67. But they come back with a nice win on su- uh, Sunday, 86 to 83 in overtime over Michigan. And uh, what I liked about the game is that even though Iowa couldn't stretch out a lead that they had uh, early in the second half and at halftime, uh, they found a way to win. They found a way to come from behind. And, uh, you know, Peter Jock with 25, Jordan Bohannon with 17. And, by the way, I'm not one of the people shocked by this. I was the one saying that I thought that kid could get his shot. I think he's... Uh, he's ahead of where I expected him to be. There's no question of that. But but he played great and made some big shots. And the development, the exciting thing for me, there's two things there, Trent, that I saw the other day. One, Iowa had an offense under four minutes to go. They scored several times, including the game-tying uh, bu- bucket. And two is that Tyler Cook developed in this game. Tyler Cook got better as a defender over the course of the last week played much better, and he also developed uh, a little bit more in terms of finesse when he's going up and getting shots blocked. He found a way to get his shot and make a difference. Of course, there's not much finesse in that dunk that he had, that left-handed duck coming in from the right sideline. That was something. Iowa wins at 86-83. They go to Nebraska, who's on fire, by the way, on Thursday, and Rutgers at home on Sunday. All right, we'll come back, talk to Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com when we come back here on the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 at Mediacom. News, talk, sports. Yeah, we got all that online at 1700kbgg.com. 1700kbgg traffic update. 
Taking another quick look at the roadways, watch out for a brand new accident on the south side of town at Army Post Road near Highway 28. Other than that, the rest of the metro in great shape out there. Have a safe ride home. That's a look at traffic. 1700 KBGG with Central Iowa's most accurate forecast from Local 5. It's going to be cold and breezy tonight with just a few clouds. Wind chill values down below zero, a low near six. Then mostly sunny, cold and breezy on Wednesday with a high near 19. I'm Local 5 Chief Meteorologist Brad Edwards. Here's a question for you. Do you know this song? Okay, let's think about this. Why is it that everyone remembers hundreds of songs, almost note for note, they never set out to memorize? That's the power of sound. It's sticky. When you hear a song or maybe a good advertising message with some frequency week after week for about six months, it gets into your long-term memory even when you don't intend it to. You remember it because you heard it. That's why radio is the sticky advertising medium. You don't hear a newspaper or billboard and really not a web page or a Facebook ad. Okay, TV has the power of sound too. But advertising on TV week after week can be pretty expensive. With radio, you can afford to get sticky. Then, when somebody's in the market for what you sell, who are they going to remember? If you want them to remember you, take advantage of radio. The power of sound. Delivery from Staples. Staples guy. More storage bins? Great. Yeah, and you saved a ton with Staples' 110% price match guarantee. I am resolved to getting organized this year. Now everything is boxed up and put away. Whoa. What was that? Oh, no. I boxed up Paul again. Resolve to get organized with Staples 18-gallon plastic totes, now only $3. Staples, make more happen. In-store only while supplies last ends one Staples will match prices for items from retailers with online and retail stores and refund 10% of difference. See store staples.com for details. Have a big fitness goal for 2017? These well-chosen deals are just for you. This week at Target, C9 Champion Apparel is buy one, get one 50% off. Plus, save $10 on your Ignite by Spry or C9 Champion Fitness Equipment purchase of $40 or more. Just see your local store or Target.com to get the coupon and find great deals on fitness equipment in stores and online. Restrictions may apply. It's time for the Iowa Wrestling Report, presented by People's Insurance Agency. I'm Trent Condon. The University of Iowa wrestling team won three individual titles and took home the team title at the 54th Midlands Championship on Friday at Welsh Ryan Arena. Taking home individual titles for the Hawkeyes include Thomas Gilman at 125 pounds, Brandon Sorensen at 149, and Michael Kemmerer at 157. Also taking home third place finishes, Sammy Brooks at 184 pounds, and a heavyweight, Sam Stoll for the Hawkeyes. The Cyclone wrestling team brought home three medalists including Earl Hall, Kanan Storr and Leland Weatherspoon who finished in second. And at the Southern Scuffle you and I finished in fifth place Four Panther wrestlers found the podium, including third-place finishes from Josh Albert at 133 pounds, 149-pound Max Thompson, and 165 Bright Steyer. Taylor Luan also finished in seventh for you and I. This Iowa Wrestling Report presented by People's Insurance, providing solid coverage, personal service, and saving you money. Get a quote online at People's Insurance Agency at peoples-insurance.com. Hey guys, it's that time of year again. Time to build up some equity for March Madness in the next football season. Tell that special lady in your life you'll do the laundry and you really mean it. Then grab the dirty clothes and head to Duds and Suds in Beaverdale. Drop it off, pick it up, all nice and clean and folded. She'll be amazed. Or wash while you wait. Enjoy a beer, popcorn, and the games on TV. Or shoot a game of pool. Duds and Suds, guys. Check it out. 2629 Beaver in Beaverdale. Duds and Suds. Noble All-American, nine American brands, backed by a low price, including 11000 off a new 2016 Ford F-150 XLT crew cab. $11,000 off right now at Noble Ford in Indianola and nobleautogroup.com. If the unfortunate prospect of divorce should become a reality in your life, consider a collaborative divorce. As opposed to a traditional divorce, this is a lower-cost alternative based upon the principles of mutual respect, cooperation, transparency, and dignity. Most importantly, both spouses make a commitment to staying out of the courtroom. It is typically a win-win for both spouses and the kids. Please contact attorney David Kozlowski for more information he can tell you if the collaborative divorce is right for you. David has 24 years of experience and practices exclusively in family law. He's located at 37. 
3137 Woodland Avenue in West Des Moines, just north of Valley High School. Give them a call, 515-226-0150, and arrange a free initial consultation. Again, that's attorney David Kozlowski, 515-226-0150. As an independent agent, People's Insurance Agency can tailor a program that fits any situation. We offer all sorts of insurance programs, including hard-to-place risks, such as farms and ranches, hunting guides, and outfitters. We will provide you solid coverage, personal service, and save you money. For more information, please call 800-932-4801 or visit us online at peoples-insurance.com. When it comes to outdoor repairs at your home or perhaps your business, turn to the professionals at Spec USA in Des Moines. Spec USA, where Matt Mauser's outstanding crews provide professional concrete work, conscientious, timely, and affordable. From parking lots to porches, from the decks to your front doors, turn to Spec USA. So if it's decorative or commercial concrete that you need, one name, Spec. See their showroom at 4100 Merle Hay Road in Des Moines. SpecUSA.com. Back here in the Hawkeye Huddle, Brett Ridge, Trent Condon back in the studio. Dave Creighton Jr. on vacation this week. Hawkeyes lose it 30-13 to in the Outback Bowl, but they get a big basketball win against Michigan, as we said, 86-83. Wrapping things up with that discussion. Hoopsters are 9-6 and six right now, 1-1 one and one in the Big Ten. Women's hoops, uh, they split this last week on the road at Illinois, lost it. Uh, five-pointer, 70-65, and then came back and beat Nebraska uh, uh, 75-72. That puts them at 1-1 in the Big Ten, 10-5 overall. Megan Gustafson with 22 points, 9 rebounds. They are playing tonight on the Big Ten Network against Penn State, and then they have a week off after that as well. Wrestling update, well, Trent just did it. Three winners at the Midlands uh, for the Hawkeyes, and they uh, bring home another team title. Um, on the road with us now, or on, on the road, on the line with us now, as he is each week, Tom Cakert from HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, uh, are you back in Iowa yet, or are you uh, still down in sunny Florida? Oh, I'm back. I'm uh, back. Sorry to hear that. Uh, well, had to come back eventually. Yeah, well, you know, you got a nice little vacation out of the deal, and I think that's one of the reasons Hawkeye fans are going to continue to follow Iowa to these warm-weather bowl spots, regardless of how the game goes. Because it's a nice vacation, and there's Hawkeye fans everywhere. It's like family traveling, and you have a good time. They put on a good show. It looked like this this might the events down there might have been just as good as anything at the Rose Bowl last year. Yeah, it was fun. Um, you know, Tampa's a good town. The weather was great. It was, you know, except for one, except for one day where it was a little chilly. Um, it was 80 degrees every day. And, um, you know, back here in Iowa, it's, you know, 25, 30 degrees every day, sometimes colder than that, uh, that time of the year. It, uh, yeah, I, I think it's funny that some fans are like, oh, maybe we shouldn't just go to bowl games anymore. And I'm like, you know, yeah. you, you don't go for just the game. You go there for you the don't. camaraderie. You go there for uh, getting away. You know, in the case of Tampa, you get to go out to Clearwater Beach and hang out. I mean, it's it's much more than just a, a football game. It's just an excuse to go on a nice vacation, is what it is, or at least a shorter a shorter vacation in the middle of the winter. It's it's a good it. There's nothing wrong with it. Now, if they happen to have to head to Detroit, then we can talk, you know. But right now, uh, you're heading to Florida and California every year. That's that's just fine. Uh, now, Tom, in in uh, reading sort of uh, reading your thoughts uh, on some of the things that happened yesterday. Earlier today, I, I think I don't want to be too repetitive because I've spent a half hour doing that uh, as well. But you know, there's a reason why Iowa goes eight and four, seven and five a lot of times. And right now, uh, it appears that they're, they they actually uh, you can be fairly satisfied based on the fact that the the way that they are schemed to pass the football doesn't appear to be working. At least not with the ground and pound. Uh, philosophy that Kirk Ferentz has as well. It doesn't do enough to to confuse the defense into wondering what's going to happen on every play. And if you don't have the kind of talent that they need at the wide receiver position to overcome that, uh, you're in real trouble. And we just saw another example of that yesterday afternoon. Yeah, it's, um, you know, the big thing that I came away with was... Um, Iowa just got overwhelmed, I think, at times uh, on the offensive side just because they don't have 
skill guys that can make them pay other than Akram Watley. They just don't have, you know, they complete one rec- one pass to wide receiver, a couple passes to tight ends, and that's about it. And C.J. Beathard was not, didn't stay clean most of the day. Obviously, he got dinged up on a one run, um, and that uh, apparently was, has been a big topic uh, of discussion, um, continuing to play him. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I just, I, I, I don't know how much the, the simple fact that they didn't have skill position guys that could do anything anyway. I mean, you can complain all you want about how the phone booth offense, but if you don't have guys that can do anything, it's going to be a phone booth regardless. So it's regardless of what plays you call. So uh, they just, they've got to figure out a way to get more dynamic receivers into this program who can, um, because I, I, I just don't think losing Matt Vandenberg should should have sunk no, the passing no. game for the Iowa Hawkeyes this year. Just no. that's just not something that adds up to me. No, it. it, it uh, I'm, I I realize he's good. I, I think he's good, right? But you're right. It should not have been, had that kind of an effect to where you can just no longer throw to a wide receiver. And you know, I I was I jokingly tweeted, but I hadn't really thought about it at the time. But when they completed the one slant pass to McCarron, I said, "Well, there's." I tweeted, "Well, there's his one token uh, throw for the day, catch for the day." Well, turned out it was the only one of the day, and and you know, I didn't really think at that time it was probably going to be the last one. But let me get, let me shift gears a little, Tom, because I want to. I'm I'm curious. So when you're in the booth there, you guys can't hear the TV feed, can you? Or or do you get the TV feed? No. About that was Ed, Ed Cunningham uh, harping on um, C.J. Beathard still being out there because there's always this parroting effect that I see on Twitter and on message boards of if an announcer is harping on something, yep. it tends to be the hot topic then. So um, that was my, and I haven't heard this most most people, so I thought, hey, I'll add something with my my monologue here at the beginning with Creighton being gone. That's my biggest bitch about the game. Is not it, it's it was it was amazing, Tom. It was it, it, he from the point where CJ got hurt to the end of the game. He never let it go. It was every play when Iowa had the football, including when he finally went out. It was every play, and then when Florida had the football, it was about one out of every four plays where he was talking about Iowa couldn't make a comeback because of their hurt quarterback playing. He it was un. Real and I, it was just you know it's like dude play another song please I mean how many times can you in a row can you play what's new pussycat before people go berserk right and it was it was amazing so I wondered if you could hear it and the point I made is that no matter how you look at it I think Kirk's stubborn we know Kirk's stubborn and I thought he was stubborn that year that he kept James Vandenberg in in, in for every snap of the season but in this case. I don't think he had any idea what was going on around Hawkeye Nation uh, um, no. out of his earshot while he's letting C.J. Beathard finish out his career and take his final snaps. Well, he what he's doing is he's getting feedback from C.J. And right, right. And C.J. wants to finish out. I mean, he's a senior. He wants him to. He wants to finish out, and he wants to keep playing. And he feels like he can still go out there and do some things. So. He's going to allow him to do that, and there's no crime in that. And you, um, he was the based on the, the message boards and social media that he was letting C.J. Beathard be out there and getting getting beat with a switch or something. I mean, it was it, just it, it was just, easy to get uh, caught up. I, I think it, it got over the top, and I figured it was yep. probably because Ed Cunningham harped away on it and. Oh, and uh, yeah. and then the parroting, the, the echo chamber took took hold, and and uh, here we go with you know all the original thoughts from uh, from uh, some fans <laughs> right. about uh, about football. Well, I thought at some point in time he probably should have gotten him out of there too. It was apparent. Get him out of there. Just right. you know, he's got he's got he's playing in the senior bowl. Get him out of there if he's dinged up. Don't let him get hit and make it worse than it is. But right, right. Boy, and, you you know, think the, that. You know, Kirk France was abusing the kid based on some of the responses, and and I I just never felt that watching the game in the press box. I never and, well, did. I and, thought, well, CJ's dinged up. Guess what? He's been dinged up a lot, and right, right. he's yeah, fought he's been... through a lot. I mean that that game at Northwestern last year. He could 
I could have uh, outraced him in a 40-yard dash that day. And he went out there and he gutted it out and he played. So he's played with limitations before. It's not like this is a new thing. And that's why I just don't understand why people are so outraged. Uh, I heard plenty of, you know, and I listened to um, uh, the the call-in show on the other station here in town. Afterwards, as I was taking my Christmas lights down out last night because it was it was actually only about thirty five degrees, it, it was nicer to do that. And I'm listening, and boy, that's all anybody wanted to talk about. Tom was that it was getting him out of there, and a number of people calling for him to be fired because not just because of the loss, but because it was irresponsible to have him in there. And and I really thought it got to be over the top. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized it, it was it was Ed Cunningham just not letting it go. And and you, I mean, I I think most people would agree boy he just wouldn't let it go now that having been said um there's there's things we've got to look at going forward here one akram wadley status um and you can talk a little bit about that and and then two um we got to pick up the recruiting here we got like eight or nine spots left they did get a, a juco wide receiver who knows whether it'll help he only had one power five offer but he's an all-american so that's a good thing uh, so first, uh, your thoughts on Akram Wadley, and then secondly, the wide receiver we picked up uh, last week, and, and where we go from here, uh, maybe even a little news on Oliver Martin. Yeah, the, the uh, um, All-American wide receiver, he's a Juco kid from um, Iowa Western, had a really strong season, in-state kid, so um, you know, getting him is a is a nice addition, and Oliver Martin's down at the uh, U.S. Army All-American game right now, and he says he's going to go visit Michigan State after the All-American game and might visit Auburn, uh, who's kind of picked up their interest now. So we'll see. Maybe he might be making a decision fairly soon, and um, I don't think Michigan's really a factor anymore. I think it might be Iowa, Michigan State, Notre Dame, and... Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, they really need him. Now, having said that, Oliver Martin is a really good receiver, but he's not, you know, he's a, he's a nice piece. He is not the dynamic athlete that you, that I think they desperately need. You know, just watching some of these bowl games and seeing all these guys that are 6'3", that can go up and, you know, get a ball up, uh, grab it out of the, out of the stratosphere. I mean, that's not who Oliver Martin is. Um, but that's the kind of players that Iowa needs to start bringing in. Well, Oliver Martin, uh, if he, he was talking uh, about visiting Michigan State with uh, Rocky Lombardi here from West Des Moines, uh, you know, and uh, kid that we know the family here because my kid goes to Valley and is a senior as well. But you know, they're buddies, and it makes some sense. The, we just hope that Satan doesn't talk him into going to Michigan State. I mean, it would be uh, yeah, that'll step, uh, step they're going to be a factor because they're good friends. Yep. So we'll, we'll yeah. see what happens uh, after that visit. I, I still think. You know, I wouldn't bet on Oliver not wanting to stay close to home. I, I think he might want to do that. Percentage chances Akron Wadley's back next year? Well, I think it's. I think I put up last night. It was sixty forty that he's gone, and it might be more than that. It just just talking to him. Um, a he didn't put his name in for the evaluation, which kind of surprised me. But it didn't surprise me because it seems like there's kind of a. Um, I don't know. There's just not as much communication between the coaches and Akram and his family right now. Um, or I don't say it's strained, but I just think Akram's people are doing what, uh, doing their own thing, kind of finding out information. And that's always a, it's a really dangerous thing to do to get feedback from people who are not NFL people uh, about your draft status because. They tend to tell you what you want to hear, not what you need to hear. The NFL tells you what you need to hear, and they'll be brutally honest and truthful with you about it. Um, so Akram said yesterday he feels like he's ready to play in the NFL. And, um, you know, I'm not in the position to evaluate that and say he's wrong or he's right. I just, you know, I hope he makes a good decision based on some sound information that he has gathered because you can't unring the bell once you go. Nope. Once you're gone, you're gone. And, he's, um, you know, I hope he makes a, uh, a good decision with his uh, choice here. All right. 
Well, I appreciate uh, you checking in, Tom. Glad you you enjoyed your trip, regardless of, of everything. We'll uh, we'll start talking basketball in earnest here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, exciting young team uh, on the floor over at Carver Hawkeye Arena. It's fun to watch them develop. We'll, uh, we'll we'll dive into that a lot more in the next couple of weeks, and then it'll be recruiting day, and then 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 the Hawkeye will be over for the season. So we appreciate it. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com, and uh, you can get out there and check out his uh, great website there on the Rivals Network. You know, if you lose Ak- Akram Wadley, uh, you still have Derek Mitchell out there somewhere. He kind of went away for the year. We'll see how that develops. Uh, Tok Sakharabadi, <clears throat> I can't even say it. I don't know how Derek- Gary Dolphin's going to do it. And Torin Young, two guys, uh, they played a little bit this year. They're um, certainly talented, and I really like Ivory Kelly Martin coming in this year. If you've watched any of his tape, go out to Tom's uh, website and grab it out there. There's a lot of moves out of that kid. There's some. There's some. Uh, there's a little waggle there as well. So there's some kids coming in. It's the one place. Yes, you can. Uh, you can have a difference maker there like Wadley, but you can also have a guy who can really just kind of chew up yardage, and you can find guys to do that. Um, I'd like to see him back. I would. I just think uh, right now it sounds like a, you know he's he's one foot out the door at the very least. But there's some guys there. It won't be the end of the world there. You're going to start with a new quarterback anyway, so we'll see how that goes. The schedule next year doesn't help Iowa. You know, you add Ohio State. Uh, you got to go on the road to, to Iowa State in, in the non-conference. Wyoming, uh, Wyoming, and uh, North Texas, two bowl teams coming in. I think you should win those games, obviously. But uh, at Iowa State, it's always challenging. They're going to be better. And then the Big Ten schedule gets harder. You've got to go on the road to Wisconsin. You've got to go on the road to Nebraska. It just doesn't get a whole lot easier than it was uh, two years ago, or certainly last year, and then it was a little bit easier this year. Good news is you got all those linebackers back. you got the entire offensive line back. Uh, you should be able to build on that. I just right now, if you don't change things, I see another... And here's my Templeton Rye last call. I see another seven-win to eight-win season. And truthfully, right now, it's a seven-win season. You get a new offensive coordinator in there, you might be able to find your way to another victory in there, too. That's kind of where the talent is, and and, uh, it's just kind of where it is right now. Hey, appreciate everybody helping us on the program today, particularly with Dave Creighton Jr. out uh, in uh, Mexico. Trent Condon back in the studio, chiming in a little bit here and there, and, of course, Tom Cakert from HawkeyeReport.com. We'll, uh, we'll all be together again next week, and Dave Creighton will be sitting next to me as well. Join us next week right here on 1700 for the Hawkeye Huddle.